to another episode of the real industry plugs we are on season two y'all stuck with us through a whole season of game a whole season of putting y'all onto the brightest and best stars in the industry giving y'all the business this is literally a podcast about all things music business and today every songwriter out there you're going to want to watch this you're going to want to pay attention you're going to want to share this with your friends anybody that's dreaming of being a songwriter i'm living i mean i'm sitting next to the man who has lived that dream three times over troy taylor is in the building one of the most celebrated songwriters in the industry for over the past i don't even know how long you see the gray in his beard and he's been doing this since a teenager Running the game since a teenager. Troy, man, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, see, you talking all that was soft. A, that dog. was a great in, in, that was, that intro. It was marvelous. Like, thank I'm you, like, brother. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. So, Mr. Taylor, I got I, I to gotta come off Mr. Taylor because everything that you've done in the industry, you know what I mean? Even even now that you're doing in the industry, you know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's LeBron James as just a, a sustained level of excellence since you were a teenager like mm-hmm. but you know what let's start from the beginning let's go back let's go back there first you know what i mean let's give them a, a understanding of who troy taylor is and how it begun for you let's go back to when you weren't a songwriter and you were an artist okay let's start there so tell us about 14 year old troy taylor so 14 year old troy taylor started off as just you know doing high school talent shows yeah and um seeing the reaction of the girls in school um, it gave me a different type of feeling. And then I was in groups, mm-hmm. I did groups. Um, and then graduating, I realized music is what I wanted to do as a profession. Mm. Um, but the group thing started to fizzle out. And then I found myself being a solo artist, oddly enough, which I never imagined. Yeah. Um, and then it it kind of went that way. And then... I did something really stupid. I oh. signed a record deal wow. uh, without an attorney, though. Oh and, wow! <laughs> and, but 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 let me ask you this. Let me let me go going back to the group thing. I know this this is time. I, I was it was it. Um, I don't want to you know make you sound old. Right oh, now. I'm old. But, but was it the '80s at the time? Or yeah, what, it was mm-hmm. the '80s. Mm-hmm. Back then, the groups were the superstars, right? It, yeah, they were. So like like so as now like people are like oh I don't want to be in a group but back then that you was, it was not really thing. breaking unless you were in a group. Yeah, it was it was a thing to be in. Yeah, for sure. But personally, it wasn't doing it for me, and yeah. that's it. Kind of got a little bit uh, to the point where personally it was like this is not gonna work. Yeah. So okay, that, that's how I ended up by myself. And so let me ask you this because you signed to. One of the most legendary labels, mm-hmm. especially back then. Right. One of the most legendary labels. I got two questions. Let me. Mm-hmm. I'm a two part question. How did you get discovered by this label? Um, okay, so you want the long version or short version? I mean, come on. This, no, this I, got not, these, I got time. I got time. We in no rush. So, so I worked at record stores because. Okay. You know, my mother's telling me you got to get a job. <laughs> So I'm like, if I'm going to get a job, I might as well get a job working at some place where I could stay close to music. Right. So it's the record store. That's a key right there. So I was the kind of kid that uh, read credits and loved. That's like an art form in itself, reading yeah. credits, who did this, who did that. And there was this name, man, that kept popping up every single time I would read something that I liked. Mm-hmm. His name was Timmy Regisford. He was a Motown executive a and uh, remixer, mixer, 
And it seems like every time I would see his name, it was like on something that I really liked. And so I would just remember that name. So yeah. going back to when I signed the horrible record deal mm. uh, to the horrible label that I that was in, um, they asked me, who did I want to get to mix my single? Okay. So I remembered that name. Name. And I didn't know if they knew him or not. But when they said, yo, get Timmy on the phone. Wow. So they was, they was, was connected Timmy. at least. Yes, they were. But I didn't know. I was yeah. New Haven, Connecticut. So yeah. um, upon going to that first session that I ever been to where, you know, the big board and the engineer mixing a record, that was my first time. And I mm-hmm. was 21 at the time. So um, actually, I was 20. So just being there. But I had this, I had this idea. I felt like because I have a lot of music, if I bring three songs, but only the tracks, yeah, and then play him the tracks, I'm thinking he would want to hear songs. Mm-hmm. And then I will say, I don't have the songs with me, but I can come back. Okay. This was all to get another meeting. To get another meeting with Tim. Outside of this session. Yeah. Because this session was, you know. Now, now, let me ask you, because you were signed to somebody at the time. I was signed to that horrible label. But you were still working your move. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> Look, I, this was an idea. I didn't think it yeah. would work. I didn't know if it would yeah. work. I just thought it was clever because yeah. if it goes right, I can get a meeting outside of this. Right. You know right. what I mean? That's right. what I'm thinking. Let me, let me tell you one thing that you, that you did that was, that was very brilliant that most artists don't do. They see names on doors. They see, you know, Def Jam. Mm-hmm. They see um, Interscope. But they never know who actually works behind those yeah, doors. Yeah. And a lot of times, the people who are making the moves, they move around. Mm-hmm. So you sign the Def Jam thinking they're going to make me the next so-and-so. But the mm-hmm. person who actually did it is going over to another label right. now. Or they're running their own company now. Right. And so what you did was you really put in the, the, the time to study yeah. who do I want to work with. Not mm-hmm. what label. Yep. What person do I yep, want to work with. person. And that yeah. was very smart. Yeah. That so, was very smart. Um, upon that session, he took a break. Mm-hmm. He took a break. He had a boom box in the lounge and he was eating. And so I asked him if I can play him some more music. First of all, I said, thank you for doing this. Because yeah. this is, I didn't, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. Um, and he, he agreed to do it. Uh, so I thanked him for it and I asked him if I can play him some more music. Yeah. So he's eating. And he said, yeah, sure. So we had cassettes then. Yeah. And uh, you had to put, the, you know, the, he had the boom box right there. So I put the cassette in and I played three tracks. In the middle of the second track, he goes, it, tracks meaning beats. Beats, yeah. There weren't no music on it. Because yeah. I got to say that now because the generation tracks and they don't songs understand. and beats. I, I, I caught it. I understood yeah. it. <laughs> so it was just the music. Yeah. So uh, in the middle of the second one, he goes, where's the song? And so I was like, um, I have songs to them. He said, well, I want to hear the songs. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't have them with me, with me, but I can come back. Yeah. And that was on a Monday. So he scheduled a meeting Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I Did you have back. songs? or I had them with me, but I wanted to. See, that was the mixing <laughs> session. See, no, I just want to see if you had the songs or did you have to run home and make them? No, 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 no. You had them. See, in the yeah. beginning of this, I said I had three tracks that had songs, but I figured let me play the tracks. tracks. And I caught that part. And if he pl- says the songs, I have the songs, yeah. but I want to come back yeah. to play I get them. You. I get so you. because I had them, I didn't want to play them for him there because right. I want to come back. Right. But yes, the songs was already there, but I only played the track. Yeah. So Wednesday. You got your meeting. Mm-hmm, I got my meeting, came back, but this time the meeting was at Motown. 
because he was a Motown executive. Yeah. So was in his office. I come in there with a bag full of cassettes, all my music, and he literally just popped in cassettes and just went through stuff and he he gravitated towards the fact that I was a songwriter, a producer of my mm-hmm. own music. And let me just say, I I'm local. I don't know that what I'm doing is special, special or the right way. Yeah, I totally I just understand. think it's something that I like to do. And he pointed out that I had good strong song structure okay. and and all of that. So, long story short of that, man, that horrible deal. He ended up buying me out of that deal yeah and then signing me to motown, to motown. and so that i did not see coming that's incredible sure. so i got out of that horrible deal yeah now wait wait just just running back real okay. quick how did they get you to sign a horrible deal like what, what was they, the... they didn't do it. It, it i was young I, I i i was ready to leave my mm-hmm. hometown the girl i was with wasn't going right the groups yeah. i was in wasn't going right I was just ready to leave and anxious. Yeah. So I tell this part of the story because I want people to know, yeah. you know, that being anxious, rushing, it's not always a good idea to make decisions in that state of mind. And I also tell that story to let them know that somebody like me did something yeah. stupid. Right, right. Because all you're been going there. to do something stupid. You're going to make mistakes and you cannot be successful without them. Yeah. So I always make sure that I tell that to warn people, listen, when you feel anxious, slow down. Don't mm-hmm. don't think with your anxious mind. Yeah. So it, it resulted in being a good thing. God got me out of it when I tell you he yeah. only God could have done that. Absolutely. But and, and I do think it still goes back to like you doing your homework. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Like knowing you what know, I wanted, yeah. Envisioned what I wanted and saw what I wanted. Because at that time, Artist was cool, but I was looking at like Babyface. Yeah. Babyface is an artist who was in the deal, mm-hmm. but he's also a producer writer for others. Right. So that's what I wanted to do. Right. You Okay, so you was trying to model it after, after yes, Babyface. After Babyface. Hey, JR McKee here. Listen to all of my artists, managers, and executives. It's time to evolve into the streaming business. I'm the number one streaming executive in the industry with over 30 platinum and gold records in the last two years alone. I've been teaching everybody how to do what I do. So if you're interested in breaking through in the streaming business, go ahead and enroll in my masterclass to join my stream team community. The link's in the bio. Or visit our website, thestreamteam.club. So who all was on Motown at the time? Okay, so the group today. Remember the group today? Uh, I can't say I remember the group today. They were a big New Jack Swing group. It, okay. Actually, it was Teddy Riley's group. Okay. Okay, got And you. so because of the songs that I had, all the songs that I had, and mind you, a lot of my music um, had harmonies, a mm-hmm. lot of harmonies. So all my songs pretty much sounded like they were groups. Okay. Because I had a lot of harmonies. And so Gerald Busby, who was the president at that time, who was Timmy's boss. By the way, let me just say, his name is Timmy Regisford. That was the A&R guy. Yeah who um, uh, got me off that label. Uh, Gerald Busby was the president. And so Gerald, Timmy played Gerald some of my music. Gerald wrote down on a pad uh, four songs uh, each. Yeah. Because I had harmonies, they were looking at the groups that they had on to the label. who they could place that with. Right. So they put four songs for this group, four songs for this group. This group was Today, and this group was Boys to Men. 
Boys to men. Uh, young boys to men. Yeah, like, my mama would have screamed when she, if she was here and heard super that. Super. <laughs> Wanya was 15, Sean was 16, Nate and Mike were 17. So yeah. they were super young. But I didn't know nothing about them. Yeah. I didn't know nothing about them until we had a meeting. And while Timmy was putting songs on the cassette, he was making a cassette for Gerald Busby to mm-hmm. take back to L.A. There was a song that Timmy played, Gerald. And and at the end of the song, I told Timmy that song is for me. That's mm-hmm. yeah. I was. A, I need that. I'm not giving that away. Yeah. And Timmy said, "Oh, okay." So he rewound the tape to get back to the beginning of that song, song to put another song over it. Uh huh. So by the time it came time to meet the kids, when I got into the room, the the uh, the um, what was the moon the the Conference room. The conference room. They were sitting around the table, and I came in, and I was like, okay, so what songs did y'all like? Yeah. And so they all started screaming out songs, shouting out songs, and then Wanye. Wanye was like, oh, there's this one song, man. Uh, I really like that a lot. And I was like, what's the name of it? He said, um... I don't know. I don't know the name of it. And I was like, why don't you know the name of it? What was it like? What was... Yeah. Can you sing it? He was like, um... It was something like your love or something like that. And I was like, Yo, it's your oh, song. No, 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 no. You you weren't supposed to hear that. Hear that. He's like, Oh, because they caught the tail end of, of the, the song. song. Yeah. The song that Timmy put over it wasn't as long as that one. So I was like, Timmy. I, I was trying to figure out doing? how did he hear that? Yeah. So it got it got really awkward in the room. So I was like, Hey, sing something. Because I hadn't heard them sing. Yeah. Man, listen. Seven, eight minutes, I mean, seconds of them singing a Take Six song. Yeah. Take Six being like, have was fresh coming out. Like, and as soon as they, they started singing, I was like, oh, whoa, hold up. Stop, stop, stop. You can have the song. <laughs> but they were looking at me like they thought they did something wrong. Yeah. Because I abruptly stopped, stopped them. them. Yeah. I'm like, incredible. And it was like, I was like, no. No, like y'all don't have to keep singing. I'm good. Yeah. Like you y'all can have, have the song. Yeah. And so they was like, "Well, can we finish?" I was like, "Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can finish." But that was it, man. And and that song was your love, and it's on the Coolie Eye Harmony album. It's the last song, yeah. actually. Um, but that's when I worked with them. Mm-hmm. And then when they came out, see, I was still working on my album at that time. Okay. When they came out, I went to the record store. By this time, CDs was... Was a thing. Mm-hmm. To go to the record store, they're known all over the world, to open up the CD and see my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was it. So I told Timmy, I don't think I want to be an artist. Wow. And he's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That feeling that it gave me was enough. Was enough. Yeah. To be behind the scenes. I don't have to worry about being in front of people and signing autographs and being bombarded. I can still do what I want to do. If I produce you, 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 and you bomb, you bomb, but you win, I win. You win. But if I come out with an album and it don't do good, yeah, it's, gonna it's be like all eggs in one basket. So I just felt like, you know what? I'll just be behind the scenes producing, writing, and I'm good. And I'm sure they were happy with that because you were giving them crazy records. I not only that, I had they hadn't really spent a lot of money yet. Yeah. So, you know, it was like 
catching the decision and in, in, in the right time at the right time. So it was a good thing, but I was happy. And a lot yeah. of people ask me, you know, do you think that you regret? No. no. Cause I still got a chance to sing my backgrounds. Yeah. You know, all the things yeah. that I would do as an artist, just not performing on the stage. Yeah. I don't want to perform on stage anyway. So right. And I, I caught your uh, Instagram series. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All of yeah. the background mm-hmm. harmonies is crazy. Okay, so so okay, boom. So what what age were you at that time when you made that decision? Twenty two. You were twenty two. Mm-hmm. So at twenty two you said, Okay, you know what? I'm gonna be a songwriter. What was the first thing they had you do? Like they, after Timmy Agreed to that decision. Mm-hmm. What what was the first steps they took from there? Or that was all- it. I was I was already producing for the you know yeah. on Motown yeah. and other places too. But I was already working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. All right. So I have I have a lot of business questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as a songwriter, you made that decision to become a songwriter. Were you in a publishing deal at that time? Yes, I was actually. Um, uh, it was Chrysalis. Mm-hmm. I did my first publishing deal at Chrysalis. Um, it was my very first one, me first learning what publishing is, all of that. Um, And it was a good deal. Like for some, see back then, you didn't have to have placements. All you had Mm. to do was come with with songs. Right. You got a big catalog. Yes. You got a catalog. They'll, you know, base that off of that. So that publishing deal funded me enough money to get, you know, more equipment. And I moved to New York because I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. So I moved to New York and I was able to just become a writer producer. At what point did you even discover a publisher? Like, like, okay, I need to go after a publisher. Like, how did you gain that knowledge? So I have a, I had a partner at that time uh-huh. named Charles Farrar, and he, we were known as the characters. Okay. So yeah. Charles's job was the business the side. Business I was side. the music side. So, you know, uh, we talked about it. Our attorney, uh, we talked about. You know, we knew that we needed a little bit more money to yeah, do what we to needed keep, to do. Yeah. And so um, that's he and I both learned about that as well. But he took more of the lead on making sure yeah. we got what we needed. This is perfect. So you and your partner, Charles, right? Mm-hmm. Where did you meet him? So remember that horrible label? Yes. Yeah. So uh, when I would go up to that horrible label, Charles was actually using the phones. He would go to that label to use the phones. He didn't work there. Uh-huh. He knew people there, but he would go up there to, do, to use conduct, the phones to conduct business and just use their you know fax yeah. machine, their phone, and all that Got stuff. You. And Got so the you. day that I went up there, he was actually off on the side, um, and there was a guy named Lyndon. Lyndon worked there. Mm-hmm. Lyndon was the one that told him about me because Lyndon saw me there and heard yeah. some of my demos and so Lyndon got him Charles to hire me to do keyboard work okay so I was actually going from to and fro from New Haven to New York to do keyboard work for Charles okay and I was doing it so much to the point where it was like dude you might as just come here yeah you might as well just stay here you know and like live here move here but because I was going through everything I was going through it wasn't a bad idea Mm. And so I ended up moving in with him and his girlfriend. What was Charles' profession, though? Like, what was he doing? He was like a manager. Okay, he was a manager. Yeah. And so like, you just naturally met him, and then the relationship built from built there. Built from there because once he he had an idea of what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and he was really trying to do R&B. Mm-hmm. And so... As a singer? No, no. He was trying to make art. Like, he was a manager. He had artists. Okay. He had an artist. Okay. And he was trying to make songs for the artist. Yeah. And so the type of songs he wanted to make, I knew how to do. Right. So he, when he hired me to come, 
he paid me and I would just, you know, construct the music or whatever. Yeah. But after after a while it was like, dude, what are you what are you trying to do? Yeah. And so everything was based off of his instructions, but then it was like, okay, if you're trying to do that, then you mm-hmm. need this. Yeah. And then that's where everything started building. So y'all were really build, building together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Y'all really For bu- sure. First I, 12 years of my career was with him. Yeah. I'm always interested in, in business partners because mm-hmm. one of the main questions we get on, on our platform is how do you find a team? How do you build a team? Yeah, yeah. How do you find that person? But it sounds like you found your person just organically through business. Mm-hmm. And after y'all had did enough business to where you trusted him. Yes. You say, okay, let's take this a step further. I see mm-hmm. where you're trying to go. You see where I'm trying to go. Bingo. Let's yep. do it together. And we did that 12 years. Um, so even Sweet Lady, yeah. uh, B2K, all that was under the characters. Under the characters. Yep. So, um, and a lot of people, I don't talk about that part a lot because most people don't even ask about it. Yeah. You know, they, some people don't even go past a certain part. So I never even talk about the characters, Charles, Farrar, and all of that. Yeah. Um, but... And then it took a while before I could talk about it because I was pissed. <laughs> so I'm cool now. Does that mean the relationship didn't end? Oh, uh, didn't end right. It, it, it wasn't good. But a, a lot of times good. that a lot of times that yeah. happened. Um, you was asking me about K Cam earlier. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, I mean, it's just kind of the nature of the business. Yeah. When you're dealing with money, and you know what I mean, it, it's it's not easy to end well. No. You know what I mean because. I think what most artists, people, what most people mm-hmm. don't understand is nothing lasts forever. Yes. And so when things start to fall apart, you start to get the blame game going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how relationships end. But it's just it's just the nature of life. Yeah. You're only going to be hot for so long. Yep. You know what I mean? And so just think about that as an artist. Think about your business. Like, don't think this is going to last forever. You're going to be hot for so long, so you better start preparing from day one yeah. for the end of the day, t- for the end of that time, for the end mm-hmm. of that run. Only people outlasting right now is Drake. I don't know how he's doing it. <laughs> but um, he's a different type of person though. Yeah. I think that Drake is 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 comfortable being um how should I say? I think he's comfortable being out of the trend. Mhm. You know? Not being with the trend. I think he's comfortable being outside of the trend, being a little quirky, being a little yeah. him. Being Just, himself himself and yeah. i think sometimes people don't they're not comfortable being themselves they mm. want to be with the in crowd and that makes them feel good drake I, you know i've known drake for a long time okay and um because of the trade you know connection uh, yeah and so i just watched him you know being on degrassi and being just a different type of dude yeah he never changed his personality right you know what i mean he stayed separate from everything even being with Cash, uh, money. cash money and young money. He never tried to be like them. No, at yeah. all. And he's always stayed in his lane. He always stayed innovative. He always did what he does. And he didn't try to do more than what he does. And he stayed consistent with it.